for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. It's great to have on the show today, Coach Bruce Weber, head coach for the Kansas State Wildcats. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. It's good to be on. I'm, I'm glad you're doing something. Everyone's looking for something to do, and it's, it's you know, you're not, not being able to be around your players very much yet, and uh, just to do anything with basketball always gets me excited. Yeah, so I, I wanted to actually start with that, just the fact that we all have a little bit extra time on our hands. I saw that you spoke a couple times uh, doing the virtual clinics. I know you speak highly of um, or speak often of being a continual learner. So maybe for you personally, has there been anything as far as um, an area of the game or something for your team that you've tried to really dive into maybe these last three or four months? Well, you know, I think one thing is that we all have, everyone needs hope and purpose in life and, and interaction too. So, you know, that's the one thing we've tried to, you know, at first, like, like most people, you know, this is awful. You know, you, you, your seasons are canceled, um, you know, and then you go home and then, you know, first it was going to be a week and then two weeks and now it's, you know, it's Easter and then it's, you know, Mother's Day and then Father's Day and Fourth of July. So no one expected this. So instead of sitting back and feeling sorry for myself, I, you know, I, I told our coaches, we have to give the players hope. We got to give them purpose. We got to, you know, got to give them something to get excited about. And at first, they, you know, they, our, our young coaches were not, were even doubtful a little bit. But, you know, I think that first thing, just learning to interact. And, you know, when you talk about learning, we've had, I've had, I'm an old guy and I'm not great with technology and I had to learn about, you know, Zoom and FaceTime group calls. And, you know, we have, uh, we had to recruit differently. Uh, we had, you know, we've done over 20 some uh, home visits through Zoom and uh, we had to put together a presentation and now we're, you know, everyone thought maybe recruiting in August. Now it looked, you know, then now September, probably not till October if, you know, who knows when. So now we, we're talking about what can we do next, you know, from the Zoom presentations to what's, what's our next step. And so I think you're always, always learning. Um, you know, we're, we have a new young team. So as a staff, you know, over this last three months, uh, you know, we've, we've run motion at times. We've run some ball screen motion at times. But we kind of went back and reviewed some of our old teams and, and got some ideas about – you know, getting back to maybe a little bit of motion with new guys, kind of they're, they're, they're new and naive, so they don't know any different. So maybe we can uh, get them to do something a little different than, than this, this last few groups have done. So, but you're always, you know, like you said, the clinics are great. Um, I was happy, you know, NABC continued some of the clinics. Uh, I, I was shocked. One of them, they said, oh, there's, 10,000 people, you know, were watching or whatever. And there were people from all over the world. I had a question from a coach from France while I'm doing the clinic. So, you know, I think 
that's great. Um, Alvin Brooks from Baylor did a, did a, a weekly clinic. I, I was part of that, and and then just done some different podcasts and that. And the, and the other thing, I I all these pod, podcasts, you know, and I'm I'm kind of honored to be on this one. But you know, I we've I've had their coaches, a couple of them that I've been able to listen to. I I challenge our coaches. You know, I almost made it like a I felt like a teacher again. Hey, go listen to this and come and give me some feedback. Um, you know, so it, it, you always want to keep your mind active. You want to keep learning. And I mean, to me, that's uh, my old boss, coach Katie. And I, I learned a lot from him, but uh, he always said, if you want to stay in the business, you have to be flexible and you've got to continue to learn. And, and that's, that's what, you know, I try to do. And I try to keep our coaches, uh, you know, doing, especially during this, this, you know, crazy time in our world. Yeah. So for those that have followed the podcast, they know that we kind of focus in on a particular subject and today focusing primarily on the defensive end. We could have talked with coach about any number of things, but I did want to talk to you about this. I've seen you speak at clinics. I was at the NABC a year ago um, and saw you talk through some things. And I, I wanted to talk primarily about the defensive end just simply because of the philosophy that you have overall. And I know how you tie well together the transition defense as well as the defense and do a really good job of kind of making those um, a complete unit. I think sometimes I was talking actually on a podcast myself this last week about how oftentimes we think of the four components of the game, the offense, transition offense, defense, transition defense. Um, we don't necessarily think of them as working all together. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit about that before we get too detailed about things. Um, who would you say primarily influenced them? I mean, you talked about coach Katie, so I'm sure it starts there, but like who has, who has really influenced you when it comes to forming your philosophy on the defensive end? Well, there's, there's no doubt coach Katie, but, but even I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, he always was learning and, and it goes, you know, coach Tarkanian, uh, UNLV, uh, Coach Coach Katie loved to go to Vegas, so he, uh, you know, he would go and, and watch practices of, of Coach Tarkanian, and some of their, you know, they had elite athletes of your, you know, and you're young, but you still got to know a little bit about it, but, you know, some, when you had your Stacey Augmans and Larry Johnson and some of those guys, and he got them to buy into yeah. the fundamentals um uh, Coach Gergovich, uh, you know, did a lot of that stuff at that time, the fundamentals of the closeout of the step slide. And when you get elite athletes to buy into that, uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable how good you can be, you know, defensively. You can just lock down people. So, you know, I think Coach Katie, obviously he, you know, his, his background was Eddie Sutton. Um, you know, Coach Katie always talks about, you know, he – he was a junior college coach and he was trying to please everyone and score 80, 90, 100 points. And, but then they get to the playoffs or get the hutch at the national tournament and some team that played defense would always beat him. And, and, you know, it took away everything. So I think then he was able to get with coach Sutton. You know, he always talks about winning basketball. How do you win? And you need offense. Everyone needs that. I love offense, but I also know, uh, and you you hear it all the time, whether it's Phil Jackson on the last dance, Michael talk defense wins championships. And so I, I think those guys pretty much influenced me, uh, you know, but again, going to clinics that you talked about transition defense, uh, Tim Floyd, uh, 
you know, listening to him in clinics years ago, I, he, he spoke before I did at a Missouri high school clinic. And, um, you know, he, he really made me think about transition defense and how important it is and, and how it all kind of interacts. And, you know, I'll, we always uh, tell our guys, if we can get stops, I'll let you run and push you. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and so that, you know, you use that as a little bit of a carrot out there for them to, you know, play your butt off on D, get stops, get in transition and now play basketball. I get this sense sometimes from coaches. They say, you know, we can, anybody can be a good defensive team if they put enough effort into it. And it's almost like we sometimes devalue the skill or the technique. And I know people would say that they would never say that that doesn't matter at all. But how much of it is effort and how much of it is skill and technique and maybe even how do you teach it there at Kansas State? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's very important. When I talk about defense, um, you know, it, it's one, creating a pride. I mean, that's, that's a, you know, I always talk about giving our players a vision, giving them, you know, we talked earlier about a purpose. And, and, you know, if I can get them to buy into it, that's the key. You talk when you watch Last Dance, and I thought that was just, you couldn't have a better timing for the pandemic for something to look forward to every Sunday night. But I got a chance because of Tex Winter, former K-State coach who uh, actually, Coach Katie was at Kansas State when Tex was there, uh, took him to two Final Fours. I got a chance to go to the Bulls practices and watch that and, you know, getting them, his, I think Phil's greatest asset, Coach Jackson, was to get the players to buy in. And not only the players, but if you can get your best player, Michael uh, Jordan, to buy in, now it's easy to get everyone else. So that's it's the same thing with defense. you got to get them to buy into it and take pride in it. And, and you, you hope it goes from one group to the next. It doesn't always because, you know, there's certain guys that, you know, really love it and believe in it and understand it and know the importance. And there's others that are kind of – they their mindset is a little different. So I think that first getting them to buy into it, taking that pride, but then technique is important. And, and I, we're not – you know, again, you change with time. You know, we, we used to practice three and a half, four hours. Our players will tell you it was probably five hours. You know, Matt Payne or somebody, he'll exaggerate and say he didn't get a day off in 70 days in a row or something. I don't know, whatever. But – but, uh, you know, when you had more time and guys and, and the kids were different, they, they, their attention span, their, their fear factor, you know, we put so much time into the, the technique and you just saw kids from their freshman year to sophomore year to junior year, you know, how much they improve because that technique is there. So if you get the pride, then you get the technique and then, then there has to be a system. You know, I, I really, you got to have, you know, you, and that's why we've always believed in man-to-man -man defense because there is no gray area. It's, it's black and white. There's rules to it. You know what you're, where you're supposed to, we watch film. We can't, you know, zone. Well, whose closeout was that? It, you know, it was like in that middle area, you know, and you could always say, not mine. Well, you, you watch film and man-to-man -man defense. There's always a rule. There's a system. And then, you know, then the final thing is just, you know, it's like you said, effort is is so so important and if you don't have the if you have the technique and you have the system but you don't have the effort and the pride it's not it's not going to work the best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever that's why coaches love huddle assist 
With Assist, you'll get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just a box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats, like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com assist. That's huddle.com assist to find out more. What would you say are your tenets of your man-to-man defense? I would tell you that the first thing would be that the real important parts are the, the closeout is, is really important. Because if you, you know, you think about modern basketball, it's, it's space, it's, it's making people help. It's, uh, you know, that, that, you know, being able to close out and contain somebody. Uh, and then, you know, then that, you know, the, the technique of the footwork, you know, part of your kind, I guess, part of your closeout. Um, is is so important. I think transition defense is something I when I talk at clinics, I always one of the things I lead off on defense, especially early in the season. If you can get your guys to play good transition defense and have a mindset where you have a safety, you, teams aren't good offensively early. Mm-hmm. So the team that gets the most layups early usually wins the games. If you so if you're able to stop layups and get layups on the other end and play that great transition defense. Now, later in the season, your systems are better, your offense is better, your defense, transition defense, you don't get those. You see it in the NBA playoffs. How many fast break layups do you see? You know, you don't see many because they're, they, their systems are better. They, have, they know who where, where guys are supposed to be in transition, and, and, they, and they develop that cohesiveness, that team pride of that. So, um, but then, you know, in this modern – modern day basketball ball screens how you're going to guard a ball screen is really important and obviously there's you know three or four different ways to do it um and and i think again being flexible as a coach um you have to figure out what's best for your team especially your big guys it, you know can they get out there and hedge you know do you need the ice and and that type of thing and then the the one thing we do uh, that a lot of people, I don't know if it's old fashioned or whatever, but we, we give help and, and, you know, we don't help off the corners, but everywhere else we are protecting that paint and um, we don't get dribbled under. So if I'm, I'm, I'm helping, you know, when we say dribbled under, if you're driving and you go under my butt and you get by and I'm in help position, now that's, that's my fault. It's, you know, our containment guy has got to be good but we're in position to help. And then we've really talked a lot about loop closeouts because uh, everyone does the lane line drives. They do the you know straight line drives. So now if, if, if I help on your penetration and then you kick it, we talk about a loop closeout to where he's going. If you go straight line, he's going straight line. He's already by you. So we, that's the other thing that we've, kind of changed over the years uh the last few years actually trying to get to that uh you know where we can stay in front of people and protect that paint let me go back to the transition defense and i do want to talk about the closeouts uh for those who haven't heard you speak before can you kind of talk a little bit more about safety i know you've talked about 
you know, having Darren Williams, a player yeah. like that, like what, what made him so good at that after you explain what that is? Well, a safety is just like in football. Nothing gets thrown over the head. You know, you've got to be back there. And, it, and you, sometimes you've got to guard a big guy. If they've got a good rim runner, you're playing Carolina or Michigan State, and those dudes are running their court, your, your safety cannot let that big guy get back. So we, we have always talked, and, you know, and we've had different teams, and we're, we're going to see if we can bring it back. But really pressuring, we always call a safety. Somebody's a designated safety. Now, if, you know, you brought up Darren Williams, and he was probably one of the best I ever had. But if Darren drives baseline, he can't be safety. So now you have to have a, you know, who's responsible after that? And, again, he's got to be heading back to half court as that action's happening. And then, you know, some coaches will tell you, you know, we don't have a safety. We're just going to kill you on the boards. Well, you know, I, I understand. I they say the offensive glass and, I'm okay with that a little bit, but mm -hmm. I want to, I want to protect. I want to keep that, you know, that uh, keep people from beating us on the court. You, you, you play teams, um, you know, there's teams in it that you send no one to the glass and they got five back, four back. And, yeah. but the other thing we've done is, you know, and it, it started years ago playing Tom Izzo's teams at Michigan state when we were at Purdue and we were trying to slow up their break. And that's where we kind of, we always had a safety but then we started, you know, kind of a, I guess, hockey terms or whatever. We, we had a bumper and a jammer. And, and the jammer would go find that dribbler. You know, if you remember, Michigan State has that numbered break. So as the ball went up, we had somebody going back. We had somebody going to jam that point guard and not let him catch it on the run. Uh, used to score a hoop against Michigan State. That dude, he'd be at that outlet almost at half court. They'd have a guy rim running, and they'd be getting a layup before, you know. So we we would jam jam that, and then we kind of bump. I don't know where the bumper, whatever, but um, we started even getting on the the inbounder at times, uh, you know, because they were so good at getting that outlet. So we had years ago we had Brian Cardinal, Brad Miller, guys like that that were they were good, really good players, obviously, but they were also smart. So they're under the hoop, and now they're they're getting up on that outlet guy. So you couldn't allow that direct pass. So uh, you know it, it. You know that that's kind of the whole philosophy behind our transition. Then the rest of the guys are sprinters. They're sprinting back. Uh, communication is so important. Talking. You don't always have them. You don't have your man in transition. You have. We want to stop the basketball. We want to cover the hoop. And, and then everyone else is sprinting and talking and finding people and getting in help position. And we work on that from day one. It's one of our first drills. Uh, you know, we're, we can't, we have our players back. Uh, we're doing a lot of individual stuff, staying in small groups, right? Uh, they have voluntary workouts right now. And next week we can start being with them if it all goes right. But, uh, when we all get together, you know, whether that's August or whenever it is as a more as a team, one of our first drills will be our rush drill, our transition defensive drill. Yeah, I'll be sure to link that below because I know that's that's diagrammed out on the Internet. I saw it just last night, actually. Um, talking about the transition and practicing, you told me about you started right from day one. How do you usually, you know, outside of the rush drill, does that – I mean, you don't have to explain that drill, but are you playing a lot of five-on-five five or – three on three or four on four? You know, we always make it harder 
on our players than it will be in a game. And, you know, if you can, if you can stop people in transition with three guys, you know, it, it's, so we always start with three, we build up three to four to five. Um, we also do disadvantage. We'll go four offense versus three defense. And then we have a, we always call it a man down, you know, in the game, somebody misses layup and all of a sudden his ankle hurts and he doesn't get up because he missed the layup. And so we always call it man down, you know, and so we, we'll go four on three and the man down all of a sudden, you know, he, his ankle is hurting, but now it, they get the ball back. He's all, he's not gimpy anymore. And he's ready to go. So now that that four guy, four offense versus three, if three can get a stop, they got that man down and now four's got to react and get back. So we'll do disadvantage drills also, um, you know, to always make it hard four and three, five on four. Um, and, but we always want, sometimes we'll just say you can't get offense unless you get a stop. But, you know, we, we all, you know, when you talked earlier, they, we want, and I, and I think I've gotten better. Uh, we still want offense. And, you know, so we get stops again, put that carrot out there for the guys. Um, you know, we want to get, we want to get in transition, get offense and take advantage on the other end. Talking now about the half court defense. If I come to your practices, what am I hearing you repeat regularly, whether that's a word or a phrase? I guess jump to the ball, you know, get off to the weak side, help get off to the ball, get in help position. I think you're probably going to hear that. And that's hard. That's really hard. And again, there's some teams and they're good defensive teams. They play more one-on-one -on -one defense. Um, I, I guess we've, we've never been blessed with that elite athlete that we can just stop somebody. Uh, but, uh, and I, I even had, I had the opportunity last year to coach USA basketball and we talked a lot. It was kind of opposite of international. We talked about dominating two and protecting the paint and, and the guys, they had trouble at first, but then, you know, we, they were in the lanes. If you look, we averaged, I think 17, 18 steals a game wow. and we were in the guys were driving and they weren't expecting help, you know, and, and all of a sudden we're there, we're getting hands on balls. We're getting in transition and and you know kicking people's butts um so that you know the only thing that i i've kind of changed you know the old phrase was jump to the ball to me when you say jump to the ball guys usually hop to the ball well that's too slow in modern basketball you've got it and and i've really started saying run to the ball not not jump to the ball run to the ball and i catch myself because you said jump to the ball you know for probably 35 years of your life and you know, because I get off to that ball. I, I, you just got to get off and be in help position because people are so good at spacing and straight line drives and putting you in binds, creating help. So if I can get there early and, you know, this is Coach Bennett, uh, Tony's dad, the, you know, pack line defense and the, you know, he, um, you know, the help defense, his guys, we played Green Bay years ago, Coach Katie, he's, you know, we're like going through the scouting report. Well, you know, what can we, you know, how can we score on them? And I said, well, they're always in the, they're always in help. Hmm. Well, then we should get threes. I said, well, they're the best three point defensive team in the, <laughs> the country and, and percentage wise. And he, well, how can that be? Well, they were always in early help and then they could, they could get back to the shooters quick and their closeouts were so good with hands that, uh, you know, they'd always made it tough. So that, that's what we, you know, we try to do also. Ideas for coaches 
teaching half-court defense. You've talked about some of the things, whether that's closeout, ball screen defense, you know, running to help, um, and then also how to practice those. How, how do you guys practice them once the season gets going? Are you doing individual drills? Again, are you doing small-sided stuff? Are you playing five-on-five? Five? What does that look like? Well, it's always a buildup, and, and I think, you, you know, and this is my old boss was – uh, Coach Katie would, and I, I, I had to learn that. And I, I'm elementary education. That's my background. Teaching, my all my family teaches and coaches. And um, you know, do you teach part to whole, or do you teach from whole to part? And and I, what I've tried to learn is I try to, and we're doing it right now with our team with Zoom. We're trying to do the whole, and and to show them so they can have a vision of it. But then now you got to go back and and do the parts, and and you know the if you don't have the parts well, the whole, the whole thing's not going to work well. So, uh, you know, we are going to, at the start of practice, we'll, we'll show them the whole shell. We'll show them five on five, you know, five man defense, but then we're going to go back and we're going to, you know, the one-on-one closeouts, the the one-on-one containment, two on two. Uh, Tom Izzo, if you listen to him talk, he always talks about one of his first warm-up drills is just being in help position and getting back to that shooter, closing out. So you're, and again, that's your run to the ball, jump to the ball. It's just easy, pass the ball, close out, jump to the ball. You know, and then, then you make it harder, three on three, spread the court. Again, getting in gaps. Uh, now we don't help off corners, and and I think that when you say how do you for coaches, you better have a system with rules so that you, you know how to guard it. That doesn't mean you can't change in a game. And one thing I, I fought our assistants, assistants about a lot, don't go to war. Don't go to that game with only one way to cover that ball. Because if they're really good on ball screen defense, you know, now how are, you know, in the mid, midstream of the game, you know, can you change and have your guys worked on it that they can do it? Can all of a sudden you switch everything? Can you ice it? You know, uh, it's, you know, so you have to uh, have different, you got to have a system, you got to have rules, but then you got to have another bullet to combat, combat teams that are really good as, you know, on the offensive end or a ball screen offense or whatever they're good at. You got to be able to figure that out. This last question, I usually will ask very broadly, but I'll ask you to keep it kind of here again, talking more about defense. But if you understanding now what you do and having coached for so many years, if you could go back and talk to the 20 year old Bruce Weber and maybe give him one or two pieces of advice, what would you say? For the defensive part is this, you know, believe in the system. And, and, and that doesn't mean it doesn't change. It's, it's changed. We've had to change over all the years. Um, you know, we, we used to get up and jam and pressure and, you know, everybody, we made it you know, at Southern Illinois. If you watch our teams and we had no one that was recruited, we have guys that started for us. And one was MVP of the Missouri Valley back to back and he had no other division one offer. So, but they bought into the system and they, you know, we, they call, you know, it was like Velcro. Those dudes were up on them and then they start calling fouls and all get, you know, they changed the rules to make the game trying to be soft so people are excited about it or whatever. But, you know, but just believe in your, your system, stick with your system. You know, I, I think that's, that's so important as, as you go back and, and do it. And, um, you know, but again, um, Coach Katie, we were great man-to-man defensive team. And when we had Glenn Robinson, if you remember, he sent me to Coach Patino's practices with the Celtics for three, four days. 
And I had to sit with their coaches and we came back and put in that, you know, the Patino presses. And if you look, we are one of the leading scoring teams in the country with Glenn Robinson, Conso Martin, those guys. And so, you know, you can change, you know, and, and, but then the next year we didn't have, or two years later, we didn't have those guys. So now we have to go back to half court defense and, and, you know, be compact. So you, you got to be flexible with it. I think the one thing if I, and I had a great opportunity to be around coach Hopkins, Mike, of course, uh, coach at Washington now, a long time assistant at Syracuse. And I, I, we had him introduced to zone. We played a little zone with USA basketball. He was one of my assistants. And um, I wish, I guess if I went back, I would have learned a little more about zone a little earlier. Cause I, I again, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I, I really believe you, you don't have enough time with the shorter practices now with the kids' attention spans. You can't play all these defenses. I, I just, but it, it's, it's okay. Again, what's your second bullet in your gun? If you have a zone that can, uh, two years ago at Texas, we can't stop them. And, and we are really good. One of the best defensive teams in the country. And we're getting in foul trouble. And my one assistant, Coach Korn, who now is the head coach at SEMO, uh, said, let's coach, let's try that zone. And, and we put that thing in, we, we should, they might not have scored for four or five minutes and it was all, you know, good fortune. They missed shots and stuff, but you know, and then I'm getting on TV, everyone's giving me all this credit, like <laughs> a brilliant coach or something. And I was dying. We couldn't stop them. We had to try something, but we had another bullet in the gun. So we were able to win the game. That's awesome. There's so much great stuff, Coach. You're one of those that we could listen to all day, but I want to be respectful of your time. So thank you so much for taking some time for us today. I, I really appreciate all that you do and uh, for, for giving up some time to talk to me today. No, I appreciate appreciate you doing this. This is great. It's always, I think, one of the things that I talk about, if you've heard me at clinics, I think I started learning with clinics. That's how I got in the game. That's how I you know, I had a whim to be a college coach. Got, you know, I always say I'm a miracle. I had this opportunity, but um, I always had the, the the clinics have helped me learn so much. And even even to this day, I still I I got a chance to go to the Spurs pat practices with Coach Popovich, you know, a year ago. And and you know, you can always learn something. And so you, you love the game. Uh, keep learning. Keep listening. It's uh, it's if, once you stop learning. You're, you probably stop living. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.